What's going on, guys? It's Danny from Fantasy Stock Exchange here. And today, I'll be going through my running back starts and sits where I break down every single running back matchup, who you start, who you sit, and who is a viable flex option going into week four for fantasy football. A start would indicate a player I have top 24 overall confidence in this week as a play. A flex would mean that player that you could put into your lineup as a pinch, a top 40 level option at the running back position. And a sit means the juice is not worth the squeeze. You most likely have a better option, maybe at the wide receiver position. But in this video, I'm going to be breaking down the utilization and expected opportunity going to week four of fantasy football. So if you like this type of content or are interested in more, make sure you leave a like down below, comment in your favorite running back start of the week, and subscribe to the channel. We just crossed 15,000 subscribers just about a week ago. If we can hit 20,000 as soon as possible, appreciate you guys for the continued support. But before we get into the first game, as always, let's hit that damn intro. Right, we start off the London game, 9.30 a.m. kickoff in Eastern time. We got the Vikings going over to play the Saints in England. The Saints are two and a half point underdogs despite being labeled as the home team in this matchup. 43 and a half over under. The Sharps are on the under in this game. In terms of this matchup, it is clear as day if these two bell cow running backs are healthy, you are starting both Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook in your lineups. Obviously, they are two banged up star running backs, but again, if they're healthy, you're starting them. After only garnering a 47% rushing share in 40% of the routes in week one while dealing with that rib cartilage injury for Alvin Kamara, we saw his week three usage take a bounce back. 65% of the rushing attempts and 61% rope participation while owning 22 opportunities in that game, including seven targets. The usage should clearly bounce back. If he is fully healthy, go out, go buy low on Alvin Kamara prior to his breakout game. He is a running back one in fantasy football as long as he is ready to go. Same story pretty much for Dalvin Cook. As long as he is healthy, he is an RB1 level option. The points haven't really come in spades to start this season, but the usage is as good as it gets. If he's healthy, go out, start him in your lineup, RB1 level expectation. Two clear-cut studs going into that London game with a bang. Now we go on to the 1 p.m. slate, kicking off Commanders at my beloved Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are three-point home favorites in this game, 41.5 over under, and the Sharps are hammering the under in this game. Expected to be you know, a low-scoring slugfest between these divisional foes. In terms of this matchup, the running back position on the Cowboys side, you're starting Ezekiel Elliott, and you are flexing Tony Pollard. We have seen in Dallas a 45 to 38 opportunity share split between Elliott and Pollard going into the year. Obviously, for the most part with Elliott, you were pointing to the fact that he was going to get this big workload. And with Pollard, he had that untapped upside receiving role, especially if Zeke got hurt. But we've mostly seen this be a 50-50 committee almost. Again, 45-38, relatively close between Zeke and Tony Pollard. With Zeke monopolizing that goal line role for Dallas and Tony Pollard, the receiving work. This is a matchup I expect Dallas to follow a positive game script, want to set the tone, want to establish that run, obviously with a backup quarterback in town. I expect Ezekiel Elliott to get a whole lot of work and have a ton of scoring opportunities. So although I have both of these guys in that running back 20 to 30 range, I prefer Zeke if I have to make the choice on who to start out of the Cowboys backfield in my lineup. Obviously, that means for Tony Pollard, high-end level running back three in this matchup. Flex play, 
no problem. I find putting him in your lineup, obviously the explosive play nature and receiving nature that he brings to that Cowboys backfield. On the commander side, you can start Antonio Gibson as a low-end running back two option. He's seen his receiving work be cut into tremendously by J.D. McKissick since week one. His route participation in week one was 52%. That dropped all the way down to 28% in this game against Philadelphia. The worry here is that, again, if Washington falls behind like it has in each of the past two weeks against Philadelphia and Detroit, we will see a whole lot more of J.D. McKissick than you'd like to see if you own Antonio Gibson. As for J.D. McKissick, he barely misses out on the top 40. And and point blank simple, you should probably have better options at the wide receiver position from a redraft standpoint. On to the next matchup, we have the Bears going on the road to play the New York Giants. Giants are three-point home favorites with a 39.5 set over-under with the Sharps being on the under. Obviously, you are starting Saquon Barkley, 68 opportunities in his first three games this year, about 23 opportunities per game, including 15 targets in that stretch. He is a clear-cut, in my opinion, top three lock running back rest of the season. The workload is there, the talent level is there, the breakaway ability, and the receiving role is all there for Saquon Barkley to finish as a 20-22-plus point-per-game score in this season for 2022 fantasy football. On the Bears side, Khalil Herbert is a start due to his dominance as the clear-cut handcuff to David Montgomery, who was rolled out for this game. And you guys can see on the screen, but once David Montgomery was ruled out in that game this past week, 62% of the snaps, 54% of the rushing attempts, and 54% of the routes for Khalil Herbert on his running back one overall week. To put it simply, as long as David Montgomery is not playing for the Chicago Bears, if he's on the sideline, Khalil Herbert should be viewed as a high-end running back too from a fantasy football perspective. Next matchup, Bills on the road to play the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens are three-point home underdogs in this game. 51 set over-under with the Sharps being on the under. And the only running back I think that you can maybe put into your lineup this week is actually Devin Singletary of the Buffalo Bills. And, and to put it simply with Devin Singletary, I think you can have relatively optimistic expectations as a top 30-ish level running back. We saw this past week that he dominated this backfield in terms of snaps, route participation, short down and distance, long down and distance, and two-minute drill snaps. He looked like that clear-cut RB1 for this Buffalo offense that we expect to put up a ton of points. Again, this may be a blip in the radar. That's why I have him as a flexible option. But if we keep seeing this level of dominance for Devin Singletary over the backfield, I have no problem if I can move him into my top 24 running back moving forward. Absolutely dominant from a usage standpoint this past week against the Miami Dolphins. And he actually led them in receiving. So showing he can do it in a variety of ways on this high scoring potent offense. On the Baltimore side, I really want to start J.K. Dobbs. I really want to put him in my lineup, but I understand he's a great talent. He is not touching my lineup until I see that proper workload for him. He and Justice Hill basically had a nearly identical backfield split in that first game back for Dobbs. I'm not saying he's dust. I'm not saying you can't start him moving forward. I just want to see it first. I just want to see him reclaim that full-on running back one status for Baltimore before he even remotely sniffs my lineup. Next game, we do have the Browns going on the road to play the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are one and a half point home underdogs, 49 set over under in this game, and the Sharps are hammering the over. So expected to be a high scoring affair between the Browns and Falcons in this game. In terms of the Browns side, you are starting Nick Chubb and you can start Kareem Hunt in my opinion. Chubb being the running back two in PPR for fantasy football at the moment. To put it simply, is a product of him just being insane at football. Arguably the best overall running back in the NFL. His usage, to put it simply, has been downright pathetic for a running back of his talent. But again, he is so good that it hasn't really mattered so far. So in terms of where his value is at in fantasy football, 
given how high he's been to start the season, if you can capitalize on, you know, maybe a league mate value him as a high end running back one, obviously he's a big name. He's a really good player and you can get, you know, Eckler plus or Javante Williams plus, or a guy like that. Plus I would capitalize on that market inefficiency right now because he's scoring touchdowns. He's looking good, but realistically given the usage, you want to play the odds in the long-term rest of the season. But in terms of this matchup though, again, Sharps are hammering the over. Brown's offenses look good. He has a really good chance to score a touchdown or two in this game. He's a fringe top five overall running back this week. His counterpart in that backfield, Kareem Hunt, is also a startable running back. Top 15 PPR running back to start the season. And he has maybe even gotten better usage than Chubb to start the year. He has dominated inside the five snaps and long down and distance snaps when compared to Chubb. So he's in your lineup. As much as I mentioned that uh, Nick Chubb has an opportunity to score in this matchup, Kareem Hunt has actually outsnapped him in those scoring opportunity areas. In terms of Atlanta side, Cordero Patterson has received running back two level usage. And despite Algier cutting into the backfield snaps the past couple of weeks, he's locked into my top 20 this week. You guys would have seen those splits on the screen, but 61% of the snaps, 59% of the rushing attempts, 50% of the routes for Cordero Patterson with that big play nature we have seen to start the year. He just looks like a bell cow running back for the most part. So Running back two in fantasy, no problem. Expect that team to put up points. Expect this matchup to put up points at the running back position. Next matchup, we have the Chargers on the road to play the Houston Texans. Texans are five and a half point underdogs at home. 44 over under set in this game, and the Sharps are hammering the under. In terms of this matchup on the Chargers side, you are starting Austin Eckler as a top running back this week. The Houston run defenses look putrid to start the season, along with the likes of Jonathan Taylor, the Denver duo, and Khalil Herbert all to carve them up to start the season. And to put it simply, hope you bought low on Austin Eckler because I do think this is the week that he breaks out. In terms of the Texans side, the only player worth considering putting in your lineup would be Damian Pierce. But I'm only going to label him with a flex tag because I'm tempering expectations given potential game script in this game. Pierce, despite that breakout performance this past week versus Chicago, has really not been able to carve out that receiving role that Rex Burkett has in terms of autonomy in passing situations. Sell high if you can get running back two plus value for Damian Pierce. This looks like it can be an ugly committee for the rest of the season. And coming off that big game, somebody in your league might be valuing that rookie breakout. Capitalize on uh, Damian Pierce because if he's not getting any receiving work, he is fledged into that running back two, three type of role on what we expect to be a bad Houston offense rest of the season. So next matchup, we have the Jaguars on the road to play the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are six and a half point home favorites, 47 over under in this matchup. And the Sharps are smashing the over and in terms of the Jaguar side, I got to be honest, it's time to come clean. James Robinson is the running back one of the Jaguars, and in my opinion, is an every week top 20 level running back. He, to put it simply, has played extremely well and has gotten all of the most important usage for the Jaguars. In terms of other backs, obviously, on that team, Travis Etienne, I would consider as a low-end flex option, barely cracking into my top 40 level area. And again, this is not the ceiling we craved when we drafted him in round three or four. Barring an injury to James Robinson, it looks like Travis Etienne will not pay off on that ADP. But, I mean, if you're viewing him as maybe a Tony Pollard plus for us this season, I think he can get to that area. But for now, with James Robinson there carving the role he is, Travis Etienne is not going to be able to break out, unfortunately. On the Eagles side, you can flex Miles Sanders, top 30-ish level expectation. But his range of outcomes, in my opinion, are extremely volatile. We're seeing a big, big committee over there with Philadelphia. Boston Scott's apparently expected to miss this game, so that would be a minor boost to what we expect from Miles Sanders. But he's still splitting snaps with Kenneth Gainwell. He's still splitting inside the five, long down and distance, short down and distance situations with Kenneth Gainwell. So I don't expect him to have you know a top five level ceiling, but 
RB2, RB3 level area, you know, top 25 to 30 level option for Miles Sanders, I think is applicable. In terms of Kenneth Gainwell, I do mention that he's chipping into this backfield. That's more so a detriment to Miles Sanders than it is a positive for Kenneth Gainwell. He, you know, is in that Naheem Hines type of area, but I wouldn't put him in my lineup as a top 40 level option. So therefore he will be a sit for me this week. Next matchup, we do have the Jets on the road to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are three-point home favorites. 41.5 set over-under in this game, and the Sharps are on the under. In terms of the Pittsburgh Steelers side, you're starting Najee Harris. Again, it's an extremely favorable matchup against the Jets, and he should be able to get it going on the ground. However, the pass game utilization, to put it simply, is not what it was last year. So therefore, you know, it'll limit his upside. I don't think he has top five, top three level ceiling in this game, but I think he can still be considered a low-end running back one given that dominance we can expect from the Pittsburgh Steelers going up against that putrid Jets run defense. On the Jets side, I think you can flex both of these Jets running backs, but I do think we could be in store for a potential Brees Hall ascension. The pass game utilization has been great, and if he keeps cracking up that snap percentage in rush here, he's got top 15 upside in the long term of the season. So if you're 3-0, and this is the perfect buy-low candidate because I do think... He's valued as a high-end running back three right now, but I think his ceiling, long-term rest of ceiling, could potentially be a high-end running back two. So capitalize on Brees Hall if you are a 3-0 type of team, contending type of team. In terms of the next matchup, Seahawks on the road to play the Detroit Lions. Lions are four-point home favorites, 48 set over-under in this game, and the Sharps are smashing the over. In terms of this matchup, let's go to the Detroit side. You are starting Jamal Williams with DeAndre Swift being ruled out for this game. He's already had control over that goal line and short down and distance worth with Swift active. Now we get a potential opportunity to chip in on receiving situations for Jamal Williams. The workload and an easy matchup against the Seahawks make him a very high ceiling option in this week. I have him ranked inside my top 15 overall running backs in this week going up against the Seattle Seahawks. In terms of the Seahawks side, I think you can flex Rashad Penny. This looks to be a potential bounce back spot against the Detroit Lions. He hasn't gotten off to a great start this year, but we did see his usage increase tremendously this past week. Again, I mentioned favorable matchup against the Lions. Has an opportunity to see that breakout game, maybe punch in a touchdown or two against Detroit this week. On to the next matchup, we have the Titans on the road to play the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are three-point home favorites in this game. 42.5 set over under, and the Sharps are on the under in this matchup. In terms of it, let's go to the Titans side. Obviously, you are starting Derrick Henry. Let's get the analysis here to be honest. Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor are in your lineups. I'd have a little bit more concern on Henry going up against that stout Colts front that has held each main running back in his face this year to sub 3.0 yards per carry. We saw Henry chip into the receiving role this past week, however, so he may need to rely upon that receiving production and touchdowns to salvage what should be an inefficient day on the ground. I'm starting him with more so low-end running back one level expectation rather than the you know top five level upside that you probably drafted him as. In terms of Jonathan Taylor, this is the get right game we're craving. Obviously, the past couple of weeks, he hasn't really looked good. The Colts offense hasn't really looked good, but this is the game that we see that 30, 35, 40 plus point ceiling for Jonathan Taylor and why he was the top pick in a lot of your home leagues. But either way, before we get into the 4 p.m. slate, got to pay some bills over here. You should be hearing a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped. Football is back, baby. We're back to seeing Patrick Mahomes throw beautiful footballs all over the field, and your friends at Manscaped are here to help you sling your footballs all over the field all season long. With Manscaped's state-of-the-art technology, we'll have your weapon looking more loaded than the AFC West. Football may be rough, but your manscaping care does not have to be. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping using the promo code BUSH. 
Meet the best value bundle yet for the Manscapes Pocket Rockets. This is the Platinum Package. And at quarterback, we have the Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer. You guys know it. It's a wily vet who makes sure that the unit is running smooth and scoring nonstop. With proprietary skin-safe technology, the Lawnmower limits mistakes and protects the balls. Plus, it's waterproof, so you can use it in the shower as well. At running back, we have the Weed Whacker. And this one will break through and bust through all the holes that you need it to. On the offensive line, we have the Unsung Heroes, the Crop Preserver ball deodorant and crop reviver ball toner the trent williams and Corey lindsley of sack protection standing strong to keep your boys fresh and clean throughout all four quarters and then at wideout, we have the cleanest duo in the league we have the manscaped body wash we have the manscaped two-in-one premium conditioner and shampoo they attract both the ball and all the ladies to the crowd plus these two Leave your skin and your scalp feeling hydrated. That means more play on the field and less water break. And then at tight end, we have the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs with the signature jewel pouch to make sure your boys are dry and cool. On defense, we have the only thing that you need, which is the Manscaped Deodorant, aluminum-free ultra-premium deodorant with refined cologne-quality fragrance. It keeps sweat and locker room scents from making any ground, plus it dries clear so the opponent won't even know what hit him. To top it all off, we have the best coach in the league, which is the Shed Travel Bag as a free bonus, which will keep everything in place for you. So this has got to be a Super Bowl-winning roster. Don't take my word for it. Go to manscaped.com. Get 20% off plus free shipping using the promo code Bush. That's 20% off plus free shipping when you use promo code Bush. Manscaped, turning your players into the MVP. All right, I appreciate Manscaped for sponsoring today's video. Make sure you use promo code Bush, 20% off plus free shipping. You would have heard the whole spiel in that ad read. But let's go on to the 4 p.m. slate. We have the Cardinals on the road to play the Carolina Panthers. Panthers are one and a half point favorites in this game at home. 42 and a half over under in this matchup. And the Sharps are on the under in terms of this matchup, obviously on the Panthers side, if CMC is healthy, he is in your lineup. Don't galaxy brain yourself out of the elite talent and workload CMC brings. Obviously, not ideal that he's dealing with that quad injury is questionable for this game. But if he's suiting up, he's in your lineup. If he's not suiting up, I don't really trust any of the other running backs, Chuba Hubbard or Deontay Foreman, in his absence. So CMC plays. He's a starting running back locked in top three option this week. If he doesn't play, I wouldn't feel comfortable putting either Panthers running back in my lineup. On the Cardinal side, Connor returned this past week to his running back one caliber role. We need that route participation to go back to the week one rate we saw to return to running back one status. But in terms of his actual rate right now, even if it stays stagnant, I think he's locked in as a running back two for the time being. Therefore, making him a clear-cut, must-start level option. Next matchup, we have the Broncos on the road to play the Las Vegas Raiders in an intra-divisional matchup. Raiders are 2.5-point home favorites, 45.5 set over-under in this game, and the Sharps are hammering the under. For this matchup, you are starting Javante Williams on the Broncos' side. I can't really explain the usage from Javante Williams that we saw drop between Weeks 1 and 2 versus Week 3. But again, I'm hoping it's just kind of a blip in the radar. You know, maybe the Broncos coaching staff got caught off guard. I don't know. But I do hope Javante Williams returns back to that role we saw in weeks one and two. In terms of other running backs on the Broncos, I do think that you consider Melvin Gordon a low-end flex option in this matchup. We did see him the past few weeks be a reliable, you know, 10-point level guy. He doesn't have a great ceiling with Javante Williams there, but I do think if you're in a pinch, you need that volume. Melvin Gordon can get you through as a top 40 level option. On the Raiders side, I think Josh Jacobs is worth a low end running back to start, but I am concerned about his lack of involvement in short down and distance, long down and distance, and two minute drill situations. He's basically operated as that early down between the tackles grinder who most likely needs to punch one in to pay off. So I'm not setting him as a running back one. I'm not setting him as a running back, you know, top 15 level option, but 
top 24 level option. I think he can sneak into that given his autonomy in the rushing department for the Las Vegas Raiders. So I'd be I'd feel comfortable starting him as a running back too. Next matchup, we have the Patriots on the road to play the Green Bay Packers. Packers are nine and a half point home favorites, and we do have an over-under set at 40 and a half with the Sharps hammering the under. And in terms of this matchup, let's go to the Green Bay side. You can start both A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones as running back twos in this matchup. We have seen this year that the split has been nearly even with Jones getting more of the receiving work and Dillon the majority of the rushing work and inside the five work. I do think both are startable but limit each other's upside where if they're both in the same backfield, I think they're both in the running back 12 to 20 range but if either one of them were to get hurt on any given week i do think the other one would immediately become a top five level option in fantasy football on the patriot side i think you can flex both of their running backs in a similar dilemma that the packers bring we have seen though that ramondre stevenson is an extremely high-end flex option and with one more week of dominating snaps and situations with an expected healthy damian harris in this game i'll have no issue putting him into that start territory we have seen his role in the passing game already exist there with a 64% route participation in week three. If he can also handle the split he showed for rushing work in week three, it's wheels up. Top 24 level option if he shows that, but but I'm willing to give Damian Harris the benefit of the doubt that maybe a week after the injury, he was eased back into his role. In terms of Damian Harris, I do think he's a low on flex. He's handled the majority of the goal line work and short yardage work and will still be involved. But again, I would much prefer Ramondre straight up. Ramondre top 24 to 28 level option. Damian Harris barely cracking that top 40 level list. So if you have both of these Patriots running backs, Ramondre Stevenson is the running back you want to play. But let's get on to the next matchup, and we move to Sunday night football. The Chiefs go on the road to play Bush's Buccaneers, and in terms of this matchup, the Bucs are actually one-point home underdogs with a 45-set over-under in this game, and Sharps are absolutely hammering the under, expected to be an ugly slugfest type of game, like we saw this past week between the Bucs and the Packers. In terms of the Tampa side, Leonard Fournette is an easy must-start running back, 85.2% opportunity share this year, and has gobbled up all of the useful snaps for the Bucs' backfield. He is an every-week mid-level running back one, given the usage. I mean, we have seen elite, elite level usage for Leonard Fournette, 90 plus percent of the snaps, 70 plus route participation. This is exactly what you want to see on an offense we expect to take major strides once that full receiving core steps back fully healthy. On the Chiefs side, you can flex CEH, but this backfield split is still extremely gross, and the Bucks defense is arguably the best in the entire NFL. I don't even really feel comfortable about CEH in my lineup, but again, the Chiefs offense is very good, and CEH has been able to look at least decent thus far, so I would limit my expectations. He's currently a running back one in fantasy, which, by the way, if you have him on your roster, sell the frick high while you still can prior to this matchup. I do think, though, if you have to start him, if you have to put him in your lineup in a pinch, he is a mid-tier level running back three in this tough matchup against Tampa Bay, and we expect to be a slow-paced, slugfest level game between the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. Next matchup in the final matchup of the slate, we got Monday Night Football. Again, another interdivisional matchup. Rams going on the road to play the 49ers. San Francisco is one and a half point home favorites. An over-under set of 42 and a half. And the Sharps are hammering the under in this game. On the San Francisco side, I do think that Jeff Wilson is a clear start. He's the clear-cut number one back in San Francisco, and he's garnered an extremely valuable role thus far. This game does figure, again, as I mentioned, 42.5 over-under to be in an extremely low divisional slugfest, so it does limit his upside to a degree. But with his workload, again, I do think he has a pretty safe low-end running back to production. In terms of the Rams side, I'd feel comfortable flexing Cam Akers, who has out-touched Daryl Henderson 29-14 to in his last two games. He is the running back to own in 
my opinion, for the Los Angeles Rams. But given the current committee, he's a mid to low end running back three, while Henderson is a running back four and just cracking outside of that top 40 level range for me. You guys would see that huge on the screen. But the past couple of weeks, we have seen Cam Akers this past week, 50% of the snaps, 57% of the rushing attempts, and 67% of the short down and distance with all of the inside the five work for the Rams. While Daryl Henderson, of course, been dominating that route participation standpoint, 78%, 54%, and 56% of the routes out of this Rams backfield. It's an ugly committee, but if I get the one that is able to score the touchdowns, I will take that in this situation. But if you made it this far, make sure you leave a like down below. Let's try to get this video to 350 plus likes. Appreciate you guys for the continued support and peace out. Enjoy your weekend. Why you need the money?